the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? Another Alcatulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970, The Answer. That's right, heat of the moment from the super band Asia back in the very early 80s. We've got a great show for you tonight. We'll have news and notes to get to and lots of it. But first, how can you follow me very easily on Twitter? At Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, via email at albert nycradio.com. Don't forget, we're on iTunes as well. You just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can find the show on those on those on on that platform or Alexa Ready as well. We're on radio.com, iHeartRadio, and we are also on the Hopped Up Network. You just head over to the Hopped Up Network. Uh, usually, um, what I've been trying to do now is put the show up uh, right after the show ends, and so uh, the Hopped Up Network will grab it at some point, but you can download and listen to it uh, pretty much right after midnight on uh, Monday mornings. But it'll be on the Hopped Up Network uh, around 6 uh, in the morning or a little bit later. But you can check it out, and there's a lot of other podcasts on there that you can download and listen to at your leisure. And coming up in 20 minutes, one of those podcasts, Sean McNulty, he's the man behind the podcast Selling Craft Beer, will join me. There is so much going on in the beer world. Haven't talked to Sean in a little bit and wanted, to jump on, uh, wanted him to jump on uh, to talk with Sean about all the, the, the business type of stuff that's going on in the beer world, and that will take place 20 minutes from now. Asia's heat of the moment. Um, you know, the supergroups were big back in the 70s and 80s. Asia, no exception. Um, they only had a three, a, two albums, actually, with the original group, and then there was a lot of changes. But Asia, for those of you that don't know, consisted of John Wenton, who was uh, lead singer of King Crimson. Uh, you had Steve Howe from Yes, the guitar player. You had uh, Jeff Downs on the keyboards, um, and uh, John Wenton also played bass. You had Jeff Downs on the keyboards, who was a part of the Buggles, the first video uh, on MTV. And then you had Carl, uh, Carl Palmer from Emerson, Lake, and Palmer as the drummer. And they, they you know, big fanfare, heat of the moment, got, got big airplay, a couple of other songs on there as well. Then they had their second album. Uh, which was, you know, a decent success, but not as big as the first one. And then Steve Howe left to do some more solo stuff, and then I, he eventually goes back to Yes. Um, and the band kind of was never really the same after that. They brought in another guy, a, th- a, a guitarist for the third album, um, which I think he played for Crocus, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember all the ins and outs. But those first three albums of Asia, I loved. 
and listen to them over and over again. Guy that I used to work with in a deli on Staten Island was a big Asia fan, had the jean jacket with the Asia um, you know, picture painted on it, and he had bought a base that John went and had used and all this stuff. I mean, this guy was, like, obsessed with Asia. But anyway, uh, they were a great band. Unfortunately, never saw them in concert. Uh, there's a new reincarnation of the band, a different singer. Uh, I'm not familiar with it. They were actually supposed to play in Rawway not too long ago uh, before the pandemic, but, you know, oh, well, say lovey. Uh, but what a great group uh, Asia was, the early uh, Asia with um, with those guys in the band. But let's dive into news and notes, because obviously this is a show about beer. Uh, bottles and cans of Stone Zocavesa rolling out of the brewery uh, in uh, in California. It is available right now in uh, California only uh, and at Stone locations, but you can also get a direct shift uh, throughout California. But it is rolling out to Southern California shops and markets uh, this this week. It'll be heading nationwide on October 5th. And this is their Mexican Imperial Stout uh, inspired by Mexican hot chocolate, um, chili, cinnamon, chocolate, coffee, vanilla. There's a lot of great stuff in this beer. It's a really good uh, stout, and it's perfect in the fall months. It's got that nice warmth to it, and then you get that little bit of heat from the chilies. It's a really good beer, so the good folks from Stone coming out with their version of Zocca Vesa uh, for this year, and you can get it nationwide starting on October 5th. Now, Evil Twin, a couple of um, local breweries. This is some interesting stuff. So Evil Twin uh, is opening a second tap room in April of next year, and the new location is going to take up about 2,000 square feet on the ground floor of an office building at 45 Main Street between Water and Front Streets in Dumbo. Now, details about the new space are scarce right now. However, it will not be a fun, it will not be a brewery. It will be a tap room, but it will not brew beer there. However, they will house a coffee shop serving up beverages from Brooklyn Roasters. Say, just as in the case of the original brewery in Ridgewood, that massive space, which has picnic tables to seat 185 people outside, debuted last year after a years long wait. So, kudos to Evil Twin that they have gotten their stuff together and are opening up a second uh, tap room uh, within Brooklyn so that you can enjoy. Uh, a lot of the great beers from Evil Twin, which is really cool. Now, uh, Anheuser-Busch is looking to hire a new CEO for their Michelob Ultra Pure Gold brand. And by CEO, the company means a chief exploration officer. This is interesting. So according to the brand, the new CEO will be paid $50,000 to explore America's national parks. Now, Devil's Backbone was doing something like this, hike the Appalachian Trail, right? But this is uh, fifty grand to explore America's natu- national parks. The company touts you'll get an office with the best view. They'll, you'll get to travel for work, obviously. Uh, the ideal candidate will have a deep appreciation for nature and be tasked with taking pictures, creating captivating social media content, and repping Michelob Ultra Pure Gold while touring the country. And as Bush says, the new CEO will be provided a camper van to travel in, equipped with a bathroom and a shower. The employee will receive gas money and, of course, beer to enjoy on their days off. I'm assuming it's Michelob Ultra uh, Gold, pure gold. The CEO can also bring a plus one human or dog to accompany them on their journey. And interesting candidates can apply on the company's website. That website is Michelob Ultra. Uh, what is this? MichelobUltra.com slash pure gold CEO. Um, but if you go to MichelobUltra.com, uh, you should be able to find it. The applications are due uh, by September 30th. So that's cool. Hey, listen, if you're looking for something to do for a couple of months, get paid 50 grand. They're going to give you a camper van. You're going to get a bathroom and a shower in it. Maybe you want to take your dog with you. Maybe you want to take your girlfriend or wife or uh, just a really good friend and uh, get yourself, uh, you know, 50 grand to uh, tour some national parks. Pretty cool. Speaking of which, keeping in that Anheuser-Busch vein, Bud Light is airing commercials 
during Thursday Night Football featuring black-owned businesses. The new promos are called Thursday Night Shoutout, and they will showcase black-owned eating establishments that have been impacted by the economic fallout of COVID-19. The beer maker says so far four commercials have been produced. The first one premiered uh, two weeks ago during the Thursday night game between the Bengals uh, and the Browns. So, again, kudos to uh, Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch for spotlighting uh, those black-owned businesses that are hurting. And a lot of businesses are hurting throughout this fallout with the pandemic. Speaking of which... Almost 90% of city restaurants were unable to pay their full rent in August. The uh, New York City Hospitality Alliance came out with this survey. Over 30% were unable to pay any rent at all. And this was a survey done of 450 restaurants. The uh, advocacy group uh, uh, says money from the Paycheck Protection Program is drying up. They believe many more eateries across the city could close for good in the coming months. More than 1,000 New York City restaurants and bars have closed since the pandemic began, and this is not going to end there. It is going to increase, even with 25% uh, indoor dining, even with the outdoor dining. My biggest issue of all of these things, folks, and it's pretty simple, um, they want to they continue outdoor dining hopefully till the end of the year. But unfortunately, the city has not given them guidance as to what kind of heaters they can use. They said you can't use propane. Okay, but you can use these particular types of heaters, but they have to be inspected by the FDNY. Health inspectors have to come out. Well, building inspectors have to come out. They have all this layers of bureaucracy, which I understand from a safety point of view. Totally get it, and I'm for it. However, these are things that should have been thought about a month ago. These are things that should have been planned out because this is not going to end here. These businesses cannot survive just on outdoor dining alone. They can't survive on 25% alone because they can't make enough money to pay their rent. The landlord can't pay the bank. It's a trickle-down effect. I keep saying this. Something has to be done, whether it's the state government has to step in, whether it's the federal government that has to step in and give grants or loans or something to help these businesses to weather this storm until we can get back to that, you know, quote-unquote, new normal. This is going to be a continuing problem. The outdoor dining thing is, you know, to me, that's that's one thing. You know what's going on. You know that you want to have these things. So, you you know, these heaters outside, these things should have been talked about a month ago. They shouldn't have been pushed off. They should have been locked and loaded so that, hey, when the weather gets cold, this is exactly what you can do. We'll inspect them and let's get going. They should have been starting the inspections back in July or August. The city dropped the ball. So did the state. That's my bottom line there. Finally, Ale Smith Brewing Company has rolled out their seasonal Ale Schmidt Oktoberfest brew. It's a German-style Mars and Lager um, with uh, a rebranded can. Uh, it is a new blue, white, and gold accented packaging, uh, which is representative of the brew's crisp and toasty malt flavor profile. It is available all over California, and it will be available uh, very soon in six packs of 12-ounce cans at select retailers across Southern California, Kansas, New Jersey, Oregon, Texas, Virginia, and Washington, and it clocks in at 5.5%, which is really cool. So kudos to the folks from Alesmith with their Oktoberfest. Of course, we're getting into those uh, fall months. We're already you know, a couple days into fall. The weather has kind of shifted a little bit, chilly one day, warm the next. So we're getting to those cold months. You set up a fire outside, have a couple of beers, uh, and enjoy the evening. So when we come back after a short break, we're going to have more news and notes from around the beer world. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, slash AG Craft Beer Cast, email at albertg at nycradio.com, or on iTunes as well. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can find the bulk of the shows on that platform. We're Alexa Ready as well. We're on radio.com, we're on iHeartRadio, and we're also on the Hopped Up Network. If you head over there, uh, Monday mornings before 6 a.m., you will catch the podcast version of this particular program. There's lots of others on there as well that you want to listen to, including uh, the guest that will be joining me in about 10 minutes, Sean McNulty. He is the man behind the podcast Selling Craft Beer. Got a, lots of stuff going on in the beer world. We'll talk about the business side of things uh, with Sean coming up in about 10 minutes from now. A little sexy little thing from the band Chicken Foot, which was... Um, Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony, Joe Satriani, and, uh, uh, um, oh my God, why am I, why did I just blank on his name? Uh, Chad, uh, oh my God, I just blanked on the drummer's name. Jeez, uh, wow, that's, that's terrible. That's terrible. All right, now, see, this is why I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm amazingly stupid, and I have to, uh, I I have to look it up now because... Yeah, Chad Smith. God, oh my, I can't I can't believe that I just blanked on that. That is just an awful job out of me. Anyway, I was reminded on social media, on Facebook, they have a little memories feature, that this past week was uh, the last time that we saw Sammy Hagar and The Circle, which is Vic Johnson and Michael Anthony and um, Jason Bonham on the drums. And they did this particular song from Chicken Foot. And, you know, they'd always talked about coming out with another album and they never did. Um, and then, you know, Chad obviously had his stuff with the Chili Peppers, but it would be great. I mean, honestly, I know Sammy's been in the news because of go- wanting to, to do shows and et cetera, et cetera. But I can't wait until we can get back to going to see concerts. Like just this past week alone, the stuff that kept, popped up in my memories, not only seeing Sammy Hagar and the Circle and Collective Soul out of Jones Beach, had a great time with uh, friends of ours that live a couple blocks away. Just a perfect weather, great beer, great music, just great company. It was just awesome. But earlier in the week, I had, had another memory from five years ago seeing Lemmy and Motorhead, which what would have turned, which turned out to be the, for the last time he passed away the, a month after uh, that show. So many great memories revolving around concerts and shows. And um, you know, I'm hoping that 2021 is when we get back to seeing these shows and stuff. But we shall see. Let's dive into some news here. Founders, a couple of new Founders beers that are coming out. First off, they've announced KBS Maple Mackinac Fudge. Will be the second variant to come uh, from the esteemed KBS brand. Uh, this is a beer, uh, as Brewmaster Jeremy Kosmicki says. Uh, Jer- Jeremy Kosmicki says uh, they've enjoyed it uh, in the tap room for years. They're finally bringing that treatment to KBS. Takes the chocolate favor traditionally found in KBS to a whole new level. A hint of maple syrup, and as he says, you have an elegant yet explosive new flavor experience. It's an 11% ABV. It'll be available in four packs of 12-ounce bottles and on draft in the tap rooms beginning on October 8th. It'll have a tap room retail price of $24 a four-pack. Pricing, uh, pricing outside of the tap rooms will vary by market. It ships out to the brewery's entire distribution network in early October. KBS Maple Mackinac, uh, Mackinac Fudge will not be available in Mississippi, um, I believe, due to the ABV. I think you're not allowed to sell beers in Mississippi that are over a certain ABV, and I think it's... I think it's 9% or 10%, something like that. Also, KBS Espresso, 
which is a 12% ABV, is back. It'll be available in four packs, 12-ounce bottles and draft, beginning on October 21st in both the Grand Rapids and Detroit tap rooms. Ships out to the brewery's entire distribution network later that month. And KBS Espresso will not be available in any format in Mississippi or on draft in Utah, which is odd. Available in bottle in Utah, but not on draft. How to get clarification on that? I wonder why that is. Obviously, it has to do with a law in Utah, because Utah just recently lifted laws that would allow beer to be above uh, a certain alcohol level. Uh, other Half Brewing uh, is in full-on expansion mode. In addition to its uh, New York City borough location, Other Half also runs a brewery and taproom uh, upstate in the Finger Lakes region. But in, in, in just the last month in August, um, they announced they would be opening a brewery and taproom in Washington, D.C., which we told you about. But now, uh, as of about a week ago, they announced plans for Other Half Domino Park. It's an experimental brewery set up in uh, the um, Domino Sugars redevelopment site in the Brooklyn U- Brooklyn's Uber Hip Williamsburg neighborhood. It is scheduled to open coming up next month. Uh, they are excited, as they say, to open up a, a second outpost in Williamsburg, an outdoor patio as well, so you can enjoy beers outside. Um, so this is cool. So Other Half is going to have two locations now. Uh, doesn't say if they are... Nope, they will... Uh, I don't know if they're going to be offering canned, beer, canned beers to go here, but you would think that they would because uh, that's a big deal for them because a lot of people wait online for other half releases. So uh, we will see what happens on that. Central California's longest standing craft brewery teaming up with uh, nonprofit Beer for Boobs, raising support for breast cancer research. Um, the uh, Let's see. This is a slow brew which I believe slow, standing for St. Louis Obispo, California. Uh, their uber-popular Blood Orange Cali Squeeze Hefeweizen will return in Pink Cans for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, since 2017, Slow Brew has been working with Beer for Boobs to promote breast cancer awareness and financially support fellow nonprofit organizations committed to the, to the effort. That is awesome. Good for Slow Brew. Uh, kudos to them and supporting breast cancer research. Cape Beverage Distributing, which is a division of Cape May Brewing, has announced earlier this week they are partnering up with Pizza Boy Brewing of Enola, Pennsylvania, to bring their products to New Jersey. Two brands, Pizza Boy's Muren River IPA and Distinguished in- Indistinguishability New England IPA, will be available throughout the state beginning October 5th. Uh, Ryan Krill says Al Kaminsky and his team produce some outstanding beer. Uh, they are um, methodical in their approach and uh, something that they admire at Cape Beverage, and they wanted to bring their beer to New Jersey. And so uh, Cape Beverage Distributing is bringing Pizza Boy Brewing uh, to New Jersey, which is very cool. Uh, that starts, as I said, October 5th. And for more information, you can just go over to pizzaboybrewing.com. And for more information about Cape Beverage Distributing, just go over to capebeverage.com. Now, a piece of news that I, I want to delve into before we wrap up this segment here. So uh, New Jersey State uh, Senate Committee, at a hearing on Monday, uh, hesitated on throwing an extended lifeline to the state's alcoholic beverage licensees and manufacturers struggling to recoup income lost during the pandemic. The Senate Law and Public Safety Committee uh, did vote to advance a bill that would extend the current summer session season retail consumption licensees due to expire in mid-November until January 14th of 2022 and nod to this year's prohibition on selling alcohol for on-site consumption. The bill was going to be amended to extend to April 30th of 2022, which would have essentially extended their licensees through mid-November of that year. Uh, it would have led directly into that summer season. But lawmakers apparently uh, said the unexpected amendment 
uh, was a, was an issue for them. And after some backroom discussions, it was shelved. Senator Joseph Kryan of Union said, yeah, that's news to me sitting here. And Senator Anthony Bucco of Morris County, a Republican, said, that's news to all of us. The committee also didn't vote on a bill on its agenda that would create temporary and permanent privileges to breweries, wineries, distilleries, and other alcohol manufacturers, including the ability to hold festivals, increase production limits, coordinate with local restaurants and food trucks, and deliver products directly to people's homes. Eric Orlando, who's a lobbyist for the Brewers Guild in New Jersey, says this legislation gives these small businesses a chance to get back on their feet. The last eight months have been extremely tough for the hospitality industry in New Jersey, including those who produce the locally made alcoholic beverage poured and enjoyed at our state's bars and restaurants. The bill passed 58 to 8, seven abstinations by the Assembly on June 29th. Alexis Deegan, who both of these people we've had on the program, she's the executive director of the New Jersey Brewers Association, said restrictions on breweries, tasting rooms, advertising, and ability to bring products to events stymie the industry's growth and have some breweries looking to other states to expand or relocate. Deegan said, we stand in the midst of a crisis when doing the most we can for our small businesses could be the difference between their ability to weather the storm or having to close permanently. Um, the, The legislature doesn't seem to understand what's going on here. A lot of these breweries have had problems producing beer and getting that beer out there. The home delivery has been a big success for these breweries. It should be made permanent. Um, There should be provisions made for these folks to be able to hold festivals and things of that nature. You have a burgeoning industry that is bringing in tax revenue to the state. My issue is, um, uh, Deegan said five breweries have closed in recent years. Earlier, she said 141 have opened. Now, State Senator Klein said that's a pretty high percentage of success, so really the regulations aren't so rough, right? If we have that kind of percentage of success, maybe we need to grow, but, you know, you know, we're really not sure. I'm sorry, but this is a big problem, and I, 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 I urge you, if you live in the state of New Jersey, contact your state senators in the area, and you need to push them to try and get these bills passed. This is revenue for the state. People don't seem to understand Tax revenue drives the state, right? But if you're if if you're not allowing businesses to grow so that they can c- contribute to that tax, what's going to happen? Your personal taxes are going to get raised, and you're going to end up having to foot the bill. That's a problem. Let's get on this. We need to get this done here so that this way these breweries can thrive, and w- we can bring in more tax revenue to the state, and and everybody will be happy. And then maybe at some point, I know this is a pipe dream. But maybe at some point they can actually lower personal taxes. Maybe. I know it's never going to happen, but one can wish for it. When we come back after a short break, Sean McNulty, the man behind the podcast, Selling Craft Beer, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. That's right, shine a little love. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast here on AM 970, The Answer. And let's shine a little love on the beer business itself because, you know, obviously since this pandemic started in March, things have been up and down and left and right. And my next guest is a podcaster and host of a show called Selling Craft Beer. And we've had him on the program before, and he gives you 
All the info you need to know about the beer business in six minutes or less. He calls it appropriately enough. The Sixer. He's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Check him out on Instagram at sellcraftbeer or facebook.com slash Selling craft beer. Let me welcome back to the program again. We just talked to him a couple months ago, but since we're starting into the fall, wanted to get a kind of business perspective on things. Let's welcome back to the program Sean McNulty. Sean, how are you? I'm good, Al. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. So let's take a look at the beer sales for the summertime. Clearly, the numbers were not great for Suds, but uh, Hard Seltzer was a big winner, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it can't be a surprise too much. I mean, we kind of, everybody, you know, anticipated it was going to be the, the summer of seltzer, and it, it didn't disappoint. You know, last summer was about $650 million worth of sales in off-premise, in, uh, you know, liquor stores and, and grocery stores. Uh, this summer, it was $1.75 billion. So, I mean, you know, the growth there is just, you know, uh, that's more than the that's more than all of hard seltzer sold all of last year, just in, just in those May to, you know, May to end of August, you know, months there. So, that just gives you the scope of it. Everything, you know, craft beer did, you know, did fine. Um, you know, uh, Michelob Ultra still selling like hotcakes, you know, things like that. Right. But uh, that's the story of the summer right there in a nutshell. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, you're talking about in the beginning, it was, what was it, Truly in White Claw. And now all of a sudden, every single uh, major brewery, small brewery uh, is making a seltzer. I know a number of local places in New Jersey uh, alone that are making it. Some of them aren't even canning it. They're just having it on tap at their brewery because they know they need to provide an alternative to people who don't like beer. So it's amazing the explosion and the growth of hard seltzer uh, in just a year. Now, how have breweries weathered the pandemic? We were told thousands of places were going to close if they were closed for a certain period of time, but the number as of right now, much smaller than that, right? Yeah, I mean, the number, you know, the numbers are a little, you know, they're not greatly reported, but it's only been, you know, in the low hundreds, you know, not not the thousands or even over a thousand that people were kind of feeling at the start of this thing. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say business is great, but I think people really found a way once that initial kind of panic set in to get adjusted, you know, the restrictions eased up a little bit. And people, you know, they didn't have business this summer. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a disaster. And people who had a business that maybe was already on the edge, you know, kind of went over, but that wasn't a large part. Plus, you had new breweries opening up that were planning on opening anyway. So that number, you know, hasn't it's been in, you know, maybe three, four hundred, something like that. It hasn't been the thousand or two thousand people were kind of, you know, really fearing it back in uh, May or June. And we're talking with Sean McNulty. He's a podcaster and host of a show called Selling Craft Beer. He gives you all the info you need to know about beer in six minutes or less. He calls it appropriately enough the Sixer. He's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. He's also on the Hopped Up Network as well. You can check him out on Instagram at sellcraftbeer or facebook.com slash sellingcraftbeer. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, indoor dining about to return to New York City next week on September 30th at 25% capacity. New Jersey uh, had a few weeks head start there, but more really needs to be done in order for these businesses to survive. Governor Murphy said earlier this week he doesn't uh, foresee increasing to 50% anytime soon, and he doesn't think that there's been an uptick in cases due to it, but he's not ready to pull the trigger on on doing uh, 50% capacity. Um, do you think New York City will be at 50% uh, capacity by November, as Governor Cuomo thinks could happen? Yeah, I, I would be shocked personally. I mean, you know, I think it's great that people can open their doors. I don't, you know, in New York City, too, versus Jersey, there's so many places that are just small, Al, where it's like, I don't even know if the right. business is going to be there, quite frankly. It's like, the amount of people want to go into those kind of places, um, you know, they're not well aerated, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, e- uh, Eaters, a uh, you know, big food website, did a poll this week, and, you know, about 80% of people were not, you know, willing to go back into restaurants at this point. 20% of New York City is still a lot of business, obviously, but 
I think they're doing the same. I think the same thing will happen now with the uh, 25%. We'll see how it goes, but uh, right. you know, wherever the numbers are going, it's not, you know, they're going to pay attention to that. So 50% seems to me a bit of a, you know, a, a bit of a moonshot uh, yeah. at this point. Yeah. And it's interesting. You know, I know that Jersey has been open uh, restaurants for a couple of weeks now. Uh, my wife and I have yet to go into a restaurant to eat. We go to our local place at least go. once or twice a week, and we, we're sitting outside. But I don't know. We're, the both of us are kind of just like, uh, I'm not ready to do that yet. I mean, maybe when it gets colder, it's one of those things you're yeah. going to be forced to go in. But I think there's still a little fear there of people, you know, not not really sure if this is safe or not. And I think once we get past maybe a month or two and we don't see a big spike in the numbers, I think that's where people, I think, may take a chance and say, okay, I'm going to try and go inside. Now, the bigger issue as we get into the fall and winter months, though, Sean, how do breweries and, by and large, bars and restaurants survive? Breweries right now are doing okay with can sales. They're paying their bills, but they're not exactly making a ton of profit. But draft beer is a big problem because lots of places you know, in and around the tri-state and across the country can help uh, open and sell uh, draft beer. So what what can we do here? Yeah, I mean, draft, you know, it came back a little bit this summer, not in a material way, but, it, you know, it flatlined, you know, April right. or May. It was basically zero. Maybe it came back to, five, you know, 5% or something this summer. You know, that's probably going to go back down again. Uh, if, if, again, the numbers trend where people think they're going to go with people back in school, so on right. and so forth. Uh, you know, it's going to be, hopefully they learn some lessons in the spring that are going to help them and they have an idea of what that business might be. I think uh, going back to delivery may get a little bit bigger, you know, things like that, those mm. go sales. Um, we have a can shortage, which is also probably a larger problem for small breweries and just getting the cans and the price they have to pay for those cans, right. you know, is, uh, is higher. Um, but yeah, draft is, you know, it's, that's not coming back, you know, Anytime soon. maybe spring, summer next year. You it, know. it is interesting because I noticed some breweries when they were sell- uh, that are selling their beer, uh, you know, whether it's delivery or you got to pick it up, some were selling six tools of beer because, you know, they wanted to just try and get that draft out because they had it sitting there. Some people were buying it, obviously, because they've had they got uh, kegerators in the house. But how many six tools of beer can you sell to private citizens who would have that or is tu- or turning that beer over uh, that quickly? I, you know, that's that's a problem there. We're, we're uh, talking with Sean McNulty. He's a podcaster, host of a show called Selling Craft Beer. He's on the Hopped Up Network, and he gives you all the info you need to know about beer in six minutes or less. Calls it the Sixer. He's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and as I mentioned, uh, the Hopped Up Network as well. Uh, we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So here's a good one from me, Sean. Uh, non-alcoholic beer. I've, I've seen lately, over the last several months, this trend. We're getting into this I don't want a lot of carbs. I'm not looking at a lot of calories. And non-alcoholic beer seems to have exploded over the summer. Um, is this becoming the latest trend? It's a, definitely a trend. The growth is, you know, for crafts, non-alcoholic beer, so not the Heineken 0.0 part. Right. But, you know, it's up 160% this year. Granted, the base is very small, Al, so I'll be the first to admit, you know, it's, <laughs> the numbers are not going to blow anybody away if you, right. look, if you look at the actual sales numbers. But... There's a huge trend going on and a, and a huge explosion of growth where they can't keep up with it. And there's so few players in this space now. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too, is you're looking for white space, looking for growth. Non-alc craft beers, it's hard to do well. I will say that, you know, I don't know if you've had any, but you know, the, the quality can vary greatly. Yeah. But it's an opportunity for people, you know, to get into the, a new growth space. And the big brewers are getting in. I mean, Heineken 0.0 has had a lot of success over the past, you know, two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bud just, you know, did a 0.0, which... A little baffling to me personally, but right. uh, they just launched that this summer. So you know, and on a global scale, you know, for these bigger brewers, non-alcoholic beer is a much bigger thing around the world. But uh, you know, locally, people, you know, 
and it's been home for six months. I think everybody's, you know, uh, had a few hangovers at that. Maybe lingered a little bit too long, and just you know, uh, it kind of coincides with with a better product available. You have Athletic now. I think right you know, over the West Coast now, the East Coast. It ships to all fifty states for the most part. You know, you can ship on up here. So the e-commerce play is a little bit bigger with that stuff. See, that's so the there's a, you know that's yeah, the thing right. I was going to mention that the Athletic. I, I know a number of people who have had the IPA and said it's actually it's really good. It's tasty. It reminds you of an IPA, but obviously it doesn't have alcohol in it. Uh, for me, the really the only non-alcoholic beer that I've had besides O'Doul's and Sharps, and that was years ago, uh, is Estrella Galathea, which they have a right. 0% alcohol beer that, honestly, Sean, is one of the best I've ever had. Like, I understand why it's so big in Europe, because they have a zero tolerance for alcohol, but if you're looking for a beer with nothing, no alcohol in it, and you just want to hang around because you're, you're driving, you're the designated driver or whatever, and that is a fantastic beer to, to, to get, and it's, it's sold in America. But I'm interested to try this, this athletic non-alcoholic beer because I've heard really good things about it. So I'm wondering, maybe that is uh, the trend of you trying to keep uh, in shape. And let's face it, we've been home for months. People have been eating and indulging you know, uh, too much. Yeah. And so maybe that's something to take a break on a little bit. You know, I would recommend it out. If you haven't tried it, I would definitely, definitely look at it and think of it this way. You know, I mm. always say it's not... People look at it as a penalty box thing. You said doesn't need a driver. You know, we're not going to bars now. You're not driving and going out too much. Right. But when you're home, when you're having lunch, you know, it's, it, these things are generally speaking low in calorie, and it's a nice beer. It's a nice IP. Would you rather have an IPA or a soda? I'd rather have an IPA for yep. lunch. You know. No, you're right. Why not? Hundred percent right. My guest has been Sean McNulty. He's a podcaster and host of the show called Selling Craft Beer. Gives you all the info you need to know about beer in six minutes or less. He calls it appropriately enough the Sixer. He's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. He's also on the Hopped Up Network as well. You can check him out on Instagram at Sell Craft Beer or Facebook.com slash Selling Craft Beer. Sean, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thanks a lot. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy the answer. Sympathy for the human now, don't we? One, two, Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer to the final segment of the program, as always, is Suds and Duds. You can follow me very easily on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram, at Gattulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. Via email at albert, G at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes, Google Play. Just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. We're Alexa Ready as well, radio.com, iHeartRadio. We're also on the Hopped Up Network. Check us out, hoppedupnetwork.com, and you can listen to the program, uh, the full version of the program, the podcast version, Monday mornings before 6 a.m. A little Sammy Hagar in the circle, the home session number 10. This is Sympathy for the Human. This is a song Sammy played when he was uh, touring with the uh, Wabaritas uh, back in the late 90s and early 2000s. Good stuff from, uh, from the boys there. Boy, I'll tell you, I do miss concerts. Uh, so many memories, as I mentioned during the show this week, about you know going to see Motorhead, and uh, was supposed to see Judas Priest a few weeks ago, and then seeing Sammy Hagar in the Circle at uh, Jones Beach, and you know just just 
a lot of memories of stuff, and hopefully next year is a much better year um, for everybody. You know? We kind of need a reset button, right? 2021 needs to be uh, a much better year. Who'd have thought that I would have been celebrating uh, turning uh, the big 5-0 in quarantine? You know? Don't like it. But anyway, let's dive into Suds and Duds. A couple of beers from Icarus that I had um, over the past week or so. Milkshaking it by Icarus. I've had this before. It's just a fantastic beer. It's just a great milkshake IPA. goes down so smooth. And what makes me so impressed uh, about Jason, um, who is the brewmaster there at Icarus, is that he is lactose intolerant. And how he nails it with these beers with the lactose is just is brilliant. Just absolutely brilliant. So uh, kudos, my friend. You're doing a great job. Strawberry Jams by Brick City. Another winner from these guys. Love the strawberry flavor in this. Strawberry is one of those flavors that you put in a beer that's kind of hard to get it where it, it is... Um, where it's smooth. You want a little bit of that tartness there, but you don't want too much of it because, you know, obviously when it's a when it's an IPA, you don't want it to be, you don't want it to be sour. Um, you want that tartness, but you don't want it to be overt. And Brick seems to do that better than anybody when it comes to uh, strawberry flavor in a beer. So this is just, a, it's another great beer. And I've got to get back over to Brick's one of these days. I know they're doing outdoor, indoor, and um, they have such a great little, it's a tiny place. It's not big. It's not, it's nothing you know, to blow you away. But that's one of those things where I'm going to have to go with a couple of guys. We do bricks, and then we head over to uh, Bolero Snort, which is five minutes down the road. Happen to have their Bull and Ted. Nice brew, very smooth, good stuff. Um, The guys from Bolero consistently knocking it out of the park. And like I said, if you want to do a little tour of northern Jersey of beers, you got bricks, you got Bolero, you got Almentry, you got Hackensack, and then you got Ghost Talk right over one town over in, uh, in Clifton. And then you hit Rut's Hut for a couple of hot dogs. I'm telling you. It's, it's a great little um, sort of uh, four or five brewery tour uh, that you can hit up and have a great time with it. So uh, kudos to the guys from Bolero. They're doing, another, they're doing a bang-up job. And another place that I have to get to one of these days when uh, things start to calm down just a little bit in my personal life. Anyway, um, Carton did the SS2020. This was a good, I have to say... Uh, very impressed with this beer. A little bite, hazy, um, but it had that bite to it, which is what I wanted. I wanted to taste a little bit of that bite uh, in this beer, and uh, very happy that I had a, full, uh, a, a pour of that. Um, had the Palm Passion by Connecticut Valley Brewing Company. This is good. It's a decent sour, uh, light. I would have liked a little more sourness to it, um, but not bad uh, on its own. Um, you know, just give you a, you know, just to kind of shake it up, a little bit of funk. Uh, to kind of shake it up there. So uh, good stuff from the folks at Connecticut Valley Brewing. That's the first beer I think I've had uh, from Connecticut Valley Brewing. Though All of those beers uh, I had over at Paragon Tap and Table uh, over several days. Paragon does such a great job. Uh, with the, Ernie does such a great job. And Ed, uh, getting those beers in, curating them. They're one of the few places in my area that carries Source Brewing. Uh, not on a regular basis, but they do get their beers in from time to time. And Source is very selective as to where they... Um, they send their beer out, and I think right now that might be the furthest north they've been in terms of Jersey. Usually they're trying to keep it within Monmouth County, but uh, we got a little bit up here in Union County, which is good. Good stuff. Headed over to Wet Ticket Brewing uh, last Friday night with uh, a couple of old friends from high school um, because one of my buddies just moved out here to Jersey, and he's a couple of towns over and said, hey, let's get together for some beers. And I, we, My wife and I had been to the outdoor beer garden the week before, 
uh, but wanted to experience it in a little bit more detail. So we got there early while the sun was still out, and um, Tim and Al have done a nice little job with their beer garden in the back. Plenty of space back there. You order the beer from the beer tender uh, in the back. She sends the order up front. They come out. It takes a couple of minutes, but I'll tell you what, it's very seamless. It's smooth. Yes, they do have indoor seating, uh, but if you don't, you're not into the indoor seating, they got plenty of it out back uh, right now, obviously, weather permitting. And, of course, uh, as I do every September, October, got to have a glass of the uh, Scarecrow Juice uh, Pumpkin Ale. A great beer. It's just a solid fall beer. It had the little bit of cinnamon sugar ring around it. And people make fun. They go, ah, what are you having the cinnamon sugar? But I will tell you, the cinnamon sugar actually enhances the beer. And it's good. And it's one of these beers. I can't have three or four of them. But it's definitely something that kind of just, it puts you in that fall mood. The weather was right. It just, it kind of, everything kind of came together. If it's too warm, I can't have one of those. It's the same thing with wet tickets, watermelon, wheat. I love to have one of them. To me, it's a little too sweet for me to have a few of them, but to have one when the summer starts, it's the perfect setter. It's kind of, it's just, it's kind of like, it, it is. You know what? It's the table setter. That's exactly what it is, which is great. So uh, good stuff from uh, the guys at Wet Ticket. And you can find uh, Scarecrow Juice a lot of places in Union County uh, and further points south as well. They have it. They have it in cans. They have it in, on draft. Definitely a beer you want to check out. My friends from Source came out with a couple of beers last week. Excellent stuff as usual. The Pia Colada. Uh, this is a fantastic beer. And what I loved about it, the smoothness from the banana in this beer just sets it off. Excellent beer. Loved it. Uh, enjoyed it. Uh, uh, really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, then my wife and I were out to dinner at Paragon and had the, um, as kind of a, I guess it's kind of a nightcapper. Uh, I had the, um, the Moodoo Doll. Uh, which is a really, really good beer as a stout. Cinnamon and vanilla in it, but I got a little hit of the lemon, too. They use some lemon zest in this to kind of just brighten it up a little bit. And I have to tell you, the lemon works with the cinnamon and vanilla. It's not overt. It's not in your face, but it's there, and you can taste it, and I really enjoyed that. And then when we got home, uh, I ended up uh, cracking the other can from Source, the Ultra Simcoe. The passion fruit is nice. Got a little hit of the apricot on it. Little bit of pine, really, really nice beer. It's dank. It's kind of got that hazy, fla- that hazy look to it, but it does have that dank kind of, uh, kind of look to it. And it is the, all the, the the elements in that beer that they added. You can taste every one of them, and that's the best part about it. Uh, the good folks from Sam Adams sent me a sample of their Oktoberfest beer. Um, you know, I, 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 for some reason, it seems like the Oktoberfest over the years has seemed to just. Stay at that middle of the road. I would love to see these guys kind of tweak the recipe a little bit. I'd love to see them amp it up a little. I know they sent me the other beer uh, in the in the collection. I think it's Jacko, and I haven't had a chance to crack it. I might just take a taste of it uh, this weekend, and I'll get back to you on it. But they're Oktoberfest. If it's on tap and you're looking for an Oktoberfest beer, I mean, it's it's solid. It's a, it's a solid beer. Uh, would I go out of my way for it? No, but it's a solid beer. There's so many other choices out there. Speaking of which, uh, Long, uh, Long Ireland has a beer Called Oktoberfest. Real nice, simple, uh, good taste in beer. Uh, nice stuff. Had the real, ju- uh, the real Juice Boys of New Jersey from Magnify. Juicy, delicious, a very flavorful beer. Again, Magnify has impressed me lately uh, with their beers and how good they are. Um, so whatever they're doing, keep doing it, guys. You're doing a great job. Fiddlehead Brewing. This is one I had not had. Uh, the Fiddlehead IPA. They must have just come into New Jersey. Very nice IPA. Hazy, not juicy. It's got a little bit of bite to it. Very enjoyable. I like that one a lot. Uh, Ashton Brewing, which took over for Demented in Middlesex County, 
Uh, had their Take 5, which is a, a pale ale. Not bad. Uh, a light, a light, decent-tasting pale ale. Um, I've heard good things about Ashton Brewing. Haven't had a chance to sample most of their stuff, but definitely something uh, that I want to check out at some point. I know they took over. God, when did they take over Demented? This is, had to be before the pandemic they took it over. But I think they didn't open until the pandemic. I have to do some research on that. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. They took over before, and then by the time they got up and running, uh, the pandemic was in full swing. Uh, Picked up a can of Local Summer by Icarus uh, over at Wine Anthology. There was one can left, grabbed it, bursting with flavor this beer. Dragon fruit, the coconut shine, the lactose is a nice touch on it again. The way Jason nails it with the lactose being lactose intolerant is just fantastic. Great beer, and the, the, the smell is just, it really sets you off. You want to drink this beer in warm weather. And then finally had, um, from Five Boroughs, got a chance to check out a Gridlock Hazy IPA, a really nice, easy drinking IPA. Goes down very smooth, has a little bit of bite to it, uh, but in the end, uh, just a, a fantastic beer. The guys from Five Boroughs always do a great job with their beers. And folks, we're out of time. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest, Sean McNulty, the man behind the podcast, Selling Craft Beer, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Cheers, everybody.